welcome to In Progress, a podcast to help you grow and learn how to become a better version of yourself. Now, here's your host, Michael Cerigliano. Welcome to In Progress. I'm your host, Michael Cerigliano, with special guest today and voice of Vets Veto War, Justin Lucius. These videos that she, that she was forced into, these were released onto regular pornographic websites and people with rape, rape fantasies, rape fetishes or whatever that are watching these videos and even now can be watching videos that have legitimate rape in them without knowing. So to answer your question in short, yes. Uh, perhaps some of these videos look like actual rapes, but past a certain point, I mean, do you think that someone like this is going to fight every day past a certain point that they're, they're going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to make this look consensual. Maybe my captors are going to beat me if I don't, you know, please the customers. Um, right. cause she essentially worked as the pro as a, uh, forced labor prostitute, a mm. slave, a sex slave for years. Um, so you might be watching something that looks consensual, but it's not. It's that's, a human traffic victim. That's crazy. See, I, I had no idea. I always thought that videos of this nature were only found and obtained through the dark web or through like networks of people that are doing it and are into it. I didn't think that you can actually go on to a large name pornographic website and find these videos as well. So people that are consuming pornography can potentially be consuming actual videos of rape and child rape and sex trafficking and all of that without even knowing that's actually the case. Yeah. And like I said, if they removed 10 million unequivocally, they know um, exactly where they are. They know exactly where they are. Um, if they remove 10 million, there's at least 10 million and one. Right. Um, if you look at any sort of statistic, I don't know, you're looking at car robberies, you're looking at murders, everything like that. Um, it's always going to be underreported, right? So right. everything is going to always be underreported. Mm -hmm. So if you consume pornography, I want to unequivocally say to you, men, that you chances are extremely high that if you can, that you have consumed child pornography, child sex abuse material, CSAM, you've consumed revenge porn, you've consumed rape porn without knowing it. You are party to this. You are part of this. And if nothing else, say so, you say, you know what? I'm still going to watch porn. Well, now you know. Now you know what you're a part of. This is what you're doing. This is what your time and your energy is devoted to is sex crimes. You are a party to sex criminals. You are a sex criminal, whether you know it or not. And the only thing that you can do is turn your back on it and stop. Not to mention the selfish factor, right? Even if you don't care about these individuals for some god awful reason, you're a terrible excuse for a man. You just don't care about these women. Mm. Fine. Think about yourself and your brain and how you're destroying it with this compulsive use of pornography and how you're wasting your years where you should be out there reproducing and actually chasing a mate and really just letting women in society and yourself down at the very minimum. 
Uh, and at the worst, you really need to know that you are party to sex crime. That's absolutely, absolutely insane. That that's that blows me away. That this is actually so allowed. Like I I was under the impression that the pornography industry operated in the same manner that any other big business would, where there are rules to it, and if those rules are broken, the party involved gets reprimanded somehow, whether the video gets taken down or whatever. And it sounds like that's nowhere near the case. There's a lawsuit pending, but this is still the beginning. But this um, is only one of how many? Yeah. Uh, these videos are uploaded and re-uploaded and deleted and re-uploaded all the time. Um, these women, that every single one of them that we'll discuss today, We'll see their videos still up even after their lawsuit. The, the videos will, will still be put up. So the only thing that we can do as men is really just advocate for the complete ab uh, just abolition and just destruction of the porno industry in itself. It should mm -hmm. be destroyed and cast aside. Um, if you want to masturbate, sure. But you can do it, you know. I don't know, use your imagination or just get out there and actually find a mate. Stop wasting your time masturbating and get off your ass and do something productive for society. And definitely don't be a party to sex crimes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, even statistically speaking, masturbation, it, it, there are no long-term benefits to masturbation. At least I, I know personally on the male level, there are no long-term benefits to masturbation. It's just to, to fulfill a need, uh, a desire in the moment. Um, so I, I don't see, along with all of this information that you're providing now, masturbation in and, in and of itself isn't necessarily something that men should be taking part of anyway. No, absolutely not. They shouldn't be. Um, that sexual energy should be devoted to uh, being, uh, you know, out there uh, engaging in the thrill of the chase. Um, and if you say, well, I'm too ugly or I'm, I'm too poor or something like that, uh, that's nonsense. You can get out there, you can get women, enhance your social skills. Um, talking to women, just like any other thing, is something that might take practice. I'm not saying get out there and start womanizing. Absolutely not. And uh, any men who partake in womanizing, um, are, are, you know, bad too, that it's a terrible thing. But if uh, you're, you know, jerking off to women like Alicia that are, you know, mentally disabled or women like Shawandra that are sex trafficking victims um, and you're saying, well, I don't look for it. Well, it's going to be pushed your way. Um, often these things are, you know, put on the, on the, uh, the top. Uh, when these people are coerced, um, you can make them do whatever's popular, right? So right. obviously all this information, yeah, this information is sold. So this information is obviously cataloged. They know what people are looking for. They know what the consumer is looking for. Mm -hmm. um, they can force these, these women to say, hey, you know, I want you to do this position, this sexual act, because this is what sells. And what are they going to say? No, right. not because they're being coerced and exploited. Absolutely. Now, do you think, um, this is completely opinionated. There's no, uh, I'm assuming there's no fact that you can possibly pull out for this, but just a, your opinion. Um, I've noticed that the 
rape and domination kink is becoming more of a mainstream popular thing in society. Do you think that pornography plays a part in that? I'd say so. Um, pornography removes the intimacy of sex, which the whole, the whole point of sex was to, you know, have an intimate emotional connection and ultimately to reproduce. So to take that away um, really makes it all of a sudden a recreational activity instead of um, something that's required of uh, basic human, human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, it becomes an activity. It's something to do. It's something interesting. Um, I rode all the little kid rides at the amusement park. Now I need to go onto the bigger roller coasters to get, get more thrills. Right. Uh, I rode the motorcycle and that was exciting, but now I need to skydive to get that adrenaline dump. Right. And it's it, moving it, up and up and up through the, through yeah. the ranks of fulfilling that desire you have, whatever it may be. Absolutely. It's, it's a compulsive uh, activity to uh, view pornography. So you're, you're really giving up something of yourself because nothing in this world is free. And right. least of all, something that's sold to you as free. It's not free. You're giving up something of yourself. Absolutely. Now I want, I want to actually, I want to get into the, uh, the underage, the 14 year old video that you have. I want to get into that just because I, I'm, I'm learning a lot right now. Um, as a, as a man, a uh, 27 year old man, I can say I've consumed my fair share of pornography. And yes. this is wildly eye opening because it, it almost puts a bad taste in your mouth to the entire industry in and of itself. Absolutely. You know, I can't come to you and say I'm some sort of saint or anything like that. You know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Um, I'm someone who's engaged in pornography. I've womanized. And um, it really takes, it's tough to give up something that's compulsive. Mm -hmm. um, it's a hack. I could go out there. I could talk to women. I could engage in the chase. I could engage in, you know, uh, having to face that fear of rejection, which everyone has a, some sort of fear of rejection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, women saying, you know, I'm not interested in you or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but we got to man up. Yeah, we need absolutely. to man up. We need to look out for those who can't look out for themselves. And the first thing we need to do is we need to look out for ourselves. Uh, because if we can't handle ourselves or help ourselves and love ourselves, we can't be, you know, we can't help and love others. No, 100%. Absolutely. So child sex abuse material or CSAM is uh, absolutely rampant on Pornhub. In fact, uh, entire genres are dedicated to this. Even uh, women that are, you know, 18 or something like that. When we but look at Alicia, them. yeah. When we look at Alicia, we don't think, wow, she really looks, you know, fully developed and grown. It's obvious why she was chosen for this. She looks young. Um, and this is, again, part of uh, an elite uh, strategy to really demoralize and push that final frontier of pedophilia uh, and really just create a society of just weak people that can't fight back that will if you accept pedophilia if you accept all sorts of sexual degeneracy you'll pretty much accept anything you know mm -hmm. oh my taxes have doubled in the last few years my wages have stagnated i'll accept anything i'll take anything you give to me because right. i'm i'm essentially worthless i i've given up my self-worth and my self-esteem 
um, for a quick, you know, orgasm. Right. So yeah, Serena is uh, someone that undressed on camera for um, a boy that she liked at 14. And she says right afterwards that she felt like she'd made a mistake right after the video was made. And um, we can see the absolute detrimental effects of what happened to her when her videos were released online, either for profit or in enjoyment. Um, we're not sure which, but either way, her video, she finds it again and again and again online. So let's, uh, let's show some of her stuff. So this is Serena. She appeared on Dr. Oz to talk about what happened to her. Uh, she filmed herself at 14 for a crush. And that person completely abused her trust and released the videos. And um, yeah, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. But uh, here's her story. Uh, we got a few sections of it. And then when everybody would go, you know, to work during the day, I would find a tree with a little bit of shade and sleep behind it. But I'm doing better. <laughs> yeah, but you're still going through a lot. So what she's describing there is when she started skipping school. Um, all the boys and some of the girls in her class would hit her up and say, hey, you know, may as well show us more videos. Um, you're already out there. Let's see some more. Um, or they just started mocking her or pointing at her or making fun of her. And she just started skipping school entirely. Um, and uh, basically living on the streets during the school day because she couldn't face the shame and humiliation of her video being out there. She tried uh, many things. She tried pretending to be her own mother and contacting Pornhub and saying, this is child pornography. No answers. Do I need to get a lawyer involved? She finally got an answer. They'd remove one video, but like a Hydra, anytime one video would pop up, there'd be 10 more. So, but anyway, here's her story and here's some of her lawyer. Uh, let me speak to one of the adults you finally have in your life that might help. Serena's attorney, Michael Bowie, is with us. Michael, how are you trying to hold Pornhub accountable for what happened to Serena? Doc, thanks for, thanks for uh, covering this and raising awareness. It's, it's, it's really important. Um, the first thing we're doing is attempting to hold Pornhub accountable and people in the industry accountable for attempting to basically uh, discredit a lot of these accounts and minimize the problem. The fact is, this stuff happens, and it happens often. There are many accounts of that from newspaper articles, from the New York Times, from Nick Kristoff, from victims. Uh, from government organizations. The second thing that we're doing is also just uh, debunking the other uh, argument they put out there, that this is somehow directed at consensual adult uh, entertainment or porn. It is not. This is about child pornography and rape. Um, there are instances of not just child pornography, but also adults who are raped and it's videotaped and it's put up there women who are trafficked, and it's put up there. And it's not just Pornhub. Pornhub is the flagship in the industry, but it's ubiquitous in that industry. And uh, we will be bringing claims uh, in short order um, against uh, those responsible in this industry, including Pornhub. And so we're going to start to hold these companies accountable for their obligations until they start holding themselves accountable like they're supposed to. So Pornhub removed over 10 million videos, that's about 80% of its content, from its site in response to these allegations. They've also prevented any new material from being uploaded to the site unless it comes from a verified user. That's the, the terminology. Uh, do you think that's enough, Michael? No, it's necessary, uh, but it's not sufficient. 
but what it does do is it shows you how big the problem was. 10 million videos that they had no idea whether they were consensual or not consensual. Um, and so at the end of the day, um, there is no way to deal with this issue effectively unless you are actually going to have some compliance function that ensures that the people who are posting material are posting material that is consensual. There's just no other way about it. So, Serena, what message do you have for anyone who's listening to your story? Um, I would just say that don't wait as long as I did because I'm about to be 20 now and I just barely told my mom and my family what was happening. Um, so I would just say, don't wait as long as I did. There's people out there that will help you. There's people out there that will support you. Um, you know, just changing schools won't really help it if it's on the internet. So you really, if you're, if you're underage and this has happened to you, speak to an adult that you trust and have them, you know, give you more options because doing it as on your own as a minor doesn't really do much. So... 80 per 80 percent of Pornhub's content at that time was possibly underaged or non-consensual. They had no idea. So 80 percent. And again, if there's a problem and you fix a problem, right? Um, you clean your floor, you know, you put soap on there and it says that the cleaner, the Lysol kills 99.9 percent .9 of germs. Mm -hmm. there's still 0.1% left. So it's probably even worse. Probably. An educated guest would say at least they missed at least one video. Uh, yeah. And if they knew where these videos were overnight, almost, they knowingly engaged in this business practice. And in fact, there's documents that have been released. Um, for time's sake, I, I don't have them. Uh, but inter... Uh, intra-company documents that have been released by uh, whistleblowers that show that they knowingly ignored reports unless some sort of litigation was threatened some serious threat of litigation was performed um so yeah pornhub x videos all any any website that you're on uh was fully aware of this issue and knowingly participates in sex crime and therefore you as men are party to that and you have a responsibility to fix society as the de facto leaders of society. You have a responsibility to put a stop to this and not part at the very least not participate. Right. Absolutely. I mean, with that being such a, such a huge number that Pornhub had that was questionable that like you said, that's across, that's across all platforms. Pornhub is not the only website going through this. this that's just the flagship to the porn industry that's right that that's a hundred percent right it's it's not the fact that this information isn't isn't even spoken about like sex trafficking is like it's a conversation that's not had regularly by many people at all it's a huge problem but it's not a conversation that's had very much and the fact that unknowingly probably millions of Americans are partaking in viewing child pornography and sex trafficking 
is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and um, the uh, the crazy part about this is is uh, a lot of people also don't investigate who um, really the motivations of why someone would be involved in the production of porn. Um, not from the acting standpoint, but from the producing standpoint, uh, who these people are. Uh, we remember Alicia's story, uh, the, the woman that we looked at, the young woman, frankly, the child um, with the learning disability. Uh, she's a uh, frequent employee of uh, Blacked.com, mm-hmm. which is run by this gentleman here, Greg Lansky. So if you think Black.com, Black, which is specifically Black women or Black men with white women, uh, and the younger looking, the better, you would, you would not imagine that this would be the person that you would think would be behind it. Mm-hmm you wouldn't imagine that it would be this white appearing male. Um, And I don't really want to dive too deep into this, um, but I think it's important to to tell you the, you know, the truth. We're primarily, we're talking to men. Um, And I think that as men, we're, we're supposed to have open minds. Um, Greg Lansky, uh, the creator of black is uh, from Paris. And as you can see right here, I've highlighted something about his heritage. Um, and are yeah. you oh, okay? Um, so share your screen real fast. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my apologies. No, you're good. I didn't know if you were going to read off of it or if you were just going or if you just didn't share your screen. But that's no fine. problem. So to reiterate, right? This is the founder I have of Black. Yeah. Where Alicia was employed. Um. This doesn't have too much to do with Serena's case, uh, but th- this is the type of people that are involved in that. Um, now you have to think, I'm sure, you know, interracial porn has, you know, something to do with the business. Yeah. But if you're thinking of a website of a business model that specifically is black men with white women, you wouldn't think that it would be run by this male right here on right. the screen. Greg Lansky, you think probably be a black man, wouldn't it? Right. But uh, what you're going to see of what I've highlighted about his heritage um, is that there's something rather unique about him. Only about 2%, less than 2% of the world population uh, identifies as this ethnicity. And um, you have to wonder why, why would he be involved? Perhaps it's just a fluke, right? I mean, People of all different races and backgrounds are involved in all sorts of different businesses, porn, I'm sure, too, right? But what you're going to notice, and what I have highlighted on the screen, is that he's not the only one like this. Mm-hmm. One of the, um, the chiefs of this movement, of the pornographic movement, because remember, porn was always regarded as obscene and was right. never protected by the First Amendment until the people versus Larry Flint, uh, which was a landmark case, which ruled that obscenity laws are actually anti-First Amendment, which was the uh, right to free speech and practice of religion and everything like that. But you're gonna notice there's this huge over-representation specifically in the production and in some of the cases of the acting of these people 
that are involved in this business, which again is clearly a sex trafficking and exploitation operation in itself, yeah, essentially anti-societal. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, I can't say these things. All I can do is highlight them. Um, here's another one right here, right? And what really, really illustrates this is this specific quote. You ask, well, why, why would they be involved? Uh, Mike, you might want to censor this word later. Uh, right here. Um, mm. Al Goldstein. Do I really need to describe his background? Uh, he's an American pornographer. Ford asked Goldstein why Jews were dramatically overrepresented in the porn industry. Al doesn't debate this. He says the only reason that Jews in, are in pornography is that we think Christ sucks. Catholicism sucks. We don't believe in authoritarianism. Pornography thus becomes a way of defiling Christian culture. And as it penetrates to the heart of the American mainstream, it is no doubt consumed by those very same wasps, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, a derogatory term for white, um, white Americans. Its subversive character becomes more charged. So why, why are they involved in this business? That's why. He said the quiet part out loud. And if you don't believe me, check out the link right here. Go to this link and start to look in the early life sections of these actors, actresses, directors, um, supporting staff, everything like that. And if you do a count, you pick out 10, 20 names at random, and you find more than one, you're finding an overrepresentation. You do the math. There are 2%, less than 2% of the worldwide population. And if these same type of people are involved in this, well, I think that we have a problem here and it needs, it merits further investigation. The truth fears no investigation. And as men, we should be aligned with the truth. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's honestly kind of, I mean, at this point, not even coincidental. Yeah, it, it's something of coincidence, I, I guess, if you want to call it that. But it uh, definitely seems to be something, you know. More than that. that uh, pardon? More than that. It's something more than that. And when you base it with Al's quote, he makes no debate that they're definitely overrepresented. Um, they're overrepresented in Hollywood, too. And porn is known as America's uh, or as, uh, as Hollywood's ugly cousin Mm -hmm. now um do you think that there's a financial gain associated with the overrepresentation or do you think that there's strictly a deconstruction of society associated with the overrepresentation i think it's both if you can bring down a society that you view inherently threatens you for whatever reason uh and you can make a quick buck off of it why not if that's your goal, uh, which it seems to be their goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying not all, not all, not all, but some. But this definitely merits further investigation. Uh, why are these people so involved in the um, putting lipstick on the pig of sex trafficking, child sex abuse material, and, uh, you know, rape? Yeah. And, and I mean, that, off of it? that goes even deeper into the problem of pornography itself. Um, I don't think anybody watching this podcast 
is coming into this episode thinking that pornography is something used as a weapon. And it seems by that man who I believe was the, the one of one of the um, figureheads to pornography in America, that it's almost exclusively used as a weapon. Yeah, it's um, it's an inherently an anti-societal thing. It makes for a weakened population. If you'll defile yourselves, then then what kind of self-esteem do you have? What kind of uh, right do you feel to stand up for yourself? Right. Um, you're sexually abusing yourself. And as we know from, you know, phenomenon such as Stockholm syndrome, um, sex abuse victims end up feeling like they deserved it. There's definitely a shame and humiliation that goes with it. Not deserved. It's not deserved, but it's something that goes with it. Absolutely. No, 100%. You're right. Um, were there any other points that you wanted to touch on? That Um stop watching porn stop participating in this it's time for men to man up and to uh become the leaders that we were destined to be Mm -hmm. and it starts with stopping defiling yourself and um stop participating in the exploitation of those who can't stand up for themselves and start standing up for yourself for um for those people it's not cool it's not funny it's uh it's destructive. Absolutely. Um, now, what, what advice would you give somebody who may be, I loosely use the term battling with pornographic addiction, um, but what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is thinking about the negative impact of pornography on themselves? What advice would you give somebody trying to stop? I'd say that uh, technology and the instant available availability of information is simultaneously one of the greatest and the worst things to ever happen to the human race. Um, it's never too late to better yourself. You know, it's never too late. It's, it's, uh, today is always the best time. Just don't use, just like when I stopped drinking, I don't have to worry about not drinking tomorrow. I just have to worry about not drinking today. And the same goes with pornogra- uh, consuming pornography. Um, I realize that it's compulsive. I'm no saint myself. I've consumed pornography. Um, but you can try not to use it today. Um, there's no sort of negotiation you can do with yourself. Well, I'll just watch it once a week. Uh, you're going to find yourself right back where you were. You need to stop today. There's tools out there that will you can install on your computer just a few bucks a month you can afford, you know, five or $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, almost everybody can. And if you can't, I think it's time to, you know, start looking at your budget because if you exercise this type of self-control over yourself and you, you install a pornography blocker, there's no stopping you. If you can exercise supreme willpower uh, on something that's designed as a hack on one of the most basic functions of yourself as a man, which is your sexuality. If you can exercise willpower over that, you can do anything. And, you know, not to sound cheesy, but I believe in you. Uh, I think you can better yourself today. And, uh, you know, it's never too late to change. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to 
I wanted to thank you for making the time to come onto the podcast today, Justin. It was very eye-opening. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I had a, um, you know, it's a very serious time, but uh, I had, I, you know, I enjoyed myself. It's definitely an interesting subject and one that I feel very passionately about. So thank you for uh, giving me the uh, opportunity to do this and um, taking this as seriously as you did. Um, you know, not going, ha ha, you know, butts and boobs. Ha, ha. But yeah, no, it's, I appreciate you taking it seriously. And I appreciate you looking out for the most overlooked part of our society, um, which is men. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted everybody, uh, everybody watching the podcast to make sure to like, comment and subscribe on this video. Comment any questions you have about this topic, any questions that you may have about veterans or anything like that. I have no problem bringing Justin back on the podcast, doing another episode on this topic or another topic. So feel free to comment or private message me anything, any questions that you have. We're going to put a link of Justin's website in the description as well. Check out his website. It's a very good website. I've read a few, a few of his blogs and they are very, very good. Um, but make sure to comment, like, and subscribe to this podcast on YouTube and look out for any future videos. And thank you for watching. Happy New Year!